Welcome to Podcast Therapist. I'm Sarah. I'm Amanda. And I'm Caroline. As therapists at different stages of parenting, we're here to talk about raising emotionally healthy families in 2021. We realize that there are some kids who have been going to school every day in the school building during COVID. But we also recognize there are a lot of kids as our nation begins to open back up that will be heading back to school for the first time since last spring. So today's session is preparing kids to go back to school during COVID. Hey guys, how are you? Hi. I was like, oh, are you talking to me or the I'm audience? Talking to both of you. Oh, everybody. Hi, everybody. Hi, Amanda. Hi, Caroline. Hi, Sarah. Hey, guys. So guess what? Tell us. Schools are starting to open. It is wild and exciting and scary all at once. I'm anxious about it, and I it's totally irrelevant to my own personal life. <laughs> I actually feel... <laughs> I feel a sense of pure freedom and excitement, and I know it's going to be a really hard task to get there. And then when we get there, it's going to be really hard, and I'm going to be able to clean my kitchen in peace, and I cannot wait. I know I have all these mixed feelings as well, and I have mixed feelings about having my own child not want to go back and having chosen to support that. And there's all sorts of things flying around. I feel like all sorts of feelings at once. Mm -hmm. It is. It's a lot to process at once. Luckily, I guess we're here to help you. Oh, yeah, we better do that now, right? Yes. Okay, so let's talk a little bit about how we can help families face this big event, really, a reopening of schools. Like, we, I never thought, I mean, the beginning of every school year, I always have mixed feelings because of my kid going back to school and kind of missing the summer, but also cannot wait for the new routine. And it just, it feels like that, but times a million with this added pressure. Absolutely. And I think there is a really natural, normal fear that folks are happening, that folks are having, parents and kids. And so we want to help you walk your kids through this if they are beginning to struggle with a little more anxiety or worry. Or even if you are, we've got some plans for you all to help figure this out. Yeah. I mean, it feels big and change is hard. And we've been. Stuck in like the same place in the same house for so long that I think, especially for younger kids, the idea of going back to school is hard to conceptualize. Okay, that's it for our podcast today. Thanks very much. We hope you feel very anxious. No, I'm just I was just thinking, I have the added pressure of my mother calling me all the time and asking if my daughter's going back to school. I don't know why, but I get that question like probably every other week. And I think it's because she'll hear about somebody else's grandkid going back. So she's like, hey, is, is, you know, are you guys going back to school? I'm like, we, could you not ask me anymore? Like, I mean, my mom just asked about if my kids were going to take the bus to school and it gave me a panic attack because in all honesty, I was feeling so free. Like I'm going to be able to clean the kitchen. And now I'm like, oh, there's pressure to drive my kids to school. So I will have, it's going to take an hour there and back because so many parents are going to drive. It's like a whole new beast. Well, and I feel like this is part of COVID is that it's like, as soon as we get settled in one routine, I know I just said we were stuck, but like, then it changes, right? And yes. then there are like new logistics and new things to figure out. 
and it's exhausting. Hey, you guys, I have a, I have an idea for um, merch for the podcast therapist. I think we should do paper bags that all the parents can read into. <laughs> <laughs> and we might need to issue them based on what we've just talked about, right? It's going to be fine. So I think the first step to getting your family ready is to acknowledge that change is hard. Caroline, you just said it. Getting through the next, for us, the next three weeks and even thinking about school and getting to the place where we're going to put our kids on a bus or in a car that process is going to be hard for us and our children because we don't know what it looks like. I think we also have to keep in mind there are states in our country that have never pulled their kids out of the schools. Um, you know, there are some schools that have stayed open all along. There are private schools that stayed open all along. So clearly this has been happening. People have been super successful with with having schools and not having huge outbreaks of COVID. So to s- speak to that as well, I mean, I, I think sometimes it's easy to get stuck in like, the panic mode. Oh yeah, I'm actually not worried about my child, my children getting COVID. I'm more worried about having to wake up early. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> Mostly just having to wake up early and do the things again. Make lunch. Uh huh. Oh, oh gosh, that sounds terrible. <laughs> Everybody had that moment. Um, but I think like what we're saying is, hey, going back to school overall is a really positive thing for a lot of kids, although. It's like a, it's like really real, right? Like, oh, I have to make lunch. Oh, you know, if my kids have a uniform or, you know, they have something, I have to put their PE shoes in their bag, right? Just like things that we haven't had to think about with our kids being home alone all the time. Mm -hmm. So we as parents at this point are going to go into our own kind of three week, I have to get my kids real clothes. I have to like get their hair cut. I, was just thinking I have to that. do some of those things for sure because I can't have them showing up the way they show up in my house. Um, so there are a whole bunch of tasks that we as parents have to do as well. And, and so there's the logistics that are overwhelming. And then there is this emotional piece. So as we're getting ready for this change, all of a sudden we've even you guys have just given me like 17 more things that are on my to do list. You're and that's welcome. OK. Like, it's fine. I'll just take a few days off. I'm okay with that. That's fine. <laughs> I think, you know, let's talk a little bit too. And I and I think there's this free-floating guilt and shame around COVID right now that's really tough. And I think our kids have absorbed that a little too. So if there's a risk where you might get COVID, there's this terrible feeling like you could bring it to the family. You could, I mean, this is a pandemic. Everybody is at risk for getting COVID. People have tried very hard not to get it, but there is no shame and no guilt in that unless you're being completely irresponsible, which I don't think most people are. Mm-hmm. Um and so I think also one of the suggestions I would make is, is you know, talk to the kids about try to make sure they're not feeling some of that guilt and shame around COVID or, or you know, the exposure mm-hmm. they may get mm-hmm. with being around other people. Mm-hmm. So what steps would you guys suggest for families that would be helpful in just besides breathing in a bag, which we established was maybe the first great step. So we're saying that anxiety is normal. Yes, yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> when we talk about breathing in a bag. Yes. So so what do you guys think? What would you suggest? What are some of the steps? Can we identify some? So we made our list, but I actually realized we missed like the first one. Actually, I, we didn't. I'll get back to it. Is but that the day first drinking? One, no, the first one? Actually, the first one was talking to our kids, but I'm going to make okay. that number three. I'm going to insert that in there when we get there. But I think um, number one is creating our own comfort zones and knowing that we are not going to know all of the answers. This is the first time that we have ever sent our kids to school during a global pandemic. And we just don't know exactly what it's going to look like yet. And I don't know if we're going to know that until the day our kids get there, in all honesty. 
and that's, that's tough. It is super tough, and it's just the way it's been going. I mean, two days ago, we thought our kids were going to go to school on Monday and Wednesday, and now it's going to be Tuesday, Thursday. They could be going to school at 940, or they could be going to school at 740. I actually have no idea, and I have to be able to sit with my own anxiety about what that's going to look like. I don't know the details. I still think it's important that they get there for my children. So it's important just to be flexible and be okay with not knowing is what you're saying. Absolutely. Because the way, unfortunately, the way the school systems are giving out information and how quickly things are changing for everybody, they just can't communicate it to us in the way that I think we as parents like to have. We like to have so much control. We like to know all of the details. It's just not going to happen in this situation. Yeah. I have to say we're pretty spoiled in that way. In a sense, if you step back and look like the first day of school, everything comes back very organized for the whole first semester, the whole year sometimes. And you have, you know, everything's well-planned and you kind of know what's going to happen all the time. So this is kind of a new experience to not have. Have y'all seen those memes where it's like, (laughs) like kids on the first day of school and they go with like their lunchbox and their hair looking good and nice clothes. And then like kids on the last day of school and they just look like trash and like their lunchbox (laughs) is torn up like a girl with the barrette, um, like really messy hair. Um, is that a meme? That sounds like what my kid looked like until probably like ninth grade. Oh, 100%. But they, you know, you throw it up on Facebook or whatever, but how are kids going to be coming in? after a year of a global pandemic where like, I feel like it's all strewn together. So the first day of school is going to be, yeah, we're coming in with some energy, but also we're so exhausted already. Our kids are going to be, at least my children are going to be looking a mess. They just will be. I kind of wonder too, like, you know, at the high school level, it's all about it. You know, there's a fair amount of pressure around fashion and how you present and what clothes. I mean, is it going to be like all about masks? Do you think like what mask you have, what it looks like? So certain (laughs) schools in the area that are already open have rules around like you have to wear a solid color mask. Oh, okay. That's good to know. And so I don't know what it's going to be when all the public schools open, but I think it's just, you know, so then you don't have like cool logos or brands or political statements on your masks because it just gets really hard to monitor. So I don't don't know what schools are going to do. Um That'd be interesting. Okay, we're we're sidetracking ourselves. No, but I think that's the point is that we don't know. Yeah, that's true. We don't know. We're going to have to figure it out when we get there. And we're going to have to be okay with that flexibility. And I talk to people all the time about how like uncertainty and the unknown are two of the biggest things that make us anxious. Absolutely. So it's like we're basically this entire pandemic has just been sitting with that and trying to cope with the anxiety that comes mm-hmm. from those two things mm-hmm. well and i know on the outside like i don't look like one of those moms that's super organized okay i mean i'm just not one of those moms that's super organized <laughs> let me just own that but beginning of school i actually spend a week or so like in my head and kind of getting prepped and kind of organizing i do get kind of organized for school starting so this is kind of you're right it's kind of weird just not to have those things at my fingertips well it's a, it, well i'm just gonna say it's a lot of work and we're already working so hard Yeah, that's it. That's true. It's just so much work and we're already working so hard. So So if you create your own comfort zone, what you're saying is you don't need to have every answer. You need to stay flexible. And you need to be okay if your kids are, if you're not organized in the way that you have been in the past. Let's just say that. Like there is a pandemic. Parents are exhausted. I'm exhausted. Adding, getting the right lunchbox just isn't going to happen. Oh yeah. Not happening. When I think like, There's also this weird layer of like, there's a level of like predictability to the beginning of a school year in August. Yeah. 
kids. I'm seeing this with teenage clients who are like, yeah, I mean, even if we even go back, right. And we've talked about this in previous podcasts, but like, how do you prepare kids for school when some of these kids are convinced it's not going to happen? Oh yeah. Like it's going to get taken away from me. It's going to get taken away. I'm either not going to get to go because they're going to pull it before we ever go Mm -hmm. back, or I'm going to go back for a day and then it's not going to work, or I'm going to have this idea of what it's like in my head and I'm going to get there and it's going to be a huge letdown. So that is a weird way actually of kind of the second step of this, Caroline, that I think is Mm -hmm. knowing that no matter what attitude our kids are presenting on some levels, we have to let them know it is the adult's choice, whatever happens. So in that way, like a kid really might be saying, why am I going to get my hopes up? It's not going to happen. It's it's going to happen if the adult wants it to happen yeah, on some it, level. Yeah, I think kids are put like reaching out to touch that wall that's supposed to be there to keep them safe when they say stuff like that, too. They want to check and see where that is. And I think a lot of times with it being adult decision with younger kids, it's pretty easy. You can they're used to you telling them everything mm-hmm. to do for the most part with teenagers. I think it's important to let them have input, but still let them know it's the adult's decision no matter what. And why is that, Sarah? Why do you think it's important that it's the adult's decision? Because though our children begin to think that they are our equals at the age of 12 and a half or 13 or 15, if you're lucky, um, they're not. And essentially, they are not equipped to make such a big decision on their own. And they still need the safety. And believe it or not, even though they may not act like they need your help or you to create a safe environment for them at that age, because their whole stage of development is to challenge it, um, they actually still really listen to us Mm -hmm. and they do want us to create a safe environment for them. And too much space in that can create even more anxiety. Absolutely. Well, I think, you know, parents are still in charge of a lot of things and they need that kind of predictability, Mm -hmm, right? So like, I need to know that just like I had, you know, my parent told me that I was going to school pre-pandemic, you know, if I wanted to stay home for a day because I was tired and my parents said, like, no, you're going to school, <laughs> like <laughs> kids don't like that, mm-hmm. but that's sometimes needed and they still need that same kind of boundary and structure. Mm-hmm. And I think worst case scenario is if we tell our kids it's their choice and they choose to go to school and they happen to get COVID and they bring COVID home to the family, they're going to feel like it's their choice. They are the ones who made the decision and brought COVID back to the family. And I don't want to put that on any kid. Or even if it's just a hard adjustment, right? If things are hard with friends or they don't like Uh their teacher or they don't like their class, if they're like, oh, I decided I put myself in this situation, that's too much emotionally. It's too heavy. Well, and I have to be honest, my daughter, um, we, we said, you know, let's talk about this. And she presented what she felt was the important you know, points for her to not return back to, cl- to school. And we talked about it as a family and we decided um, that we were okay with not having her go back. And it wasn't her decision, but we did sit with and listen to what her points were. Um, now we had our own feelings about some of that. And some of that has to do with the other things outside of academia that she's involved with at school and things like that. Um, and some other risks, but you know, we, when we all sat down and talked about it, we first, you know, had an adult discussion around it ourselves without her. And then we allowed her to come in and kind of 
It's not like she presented some sort of, you know, PowerPoint on it, but she had a business plan. She had a business plan. She laid it out. It was beautiful. Um, so, you know, we were all in on the discussion, but we said from the beginning, this is our call. Mm -hmm. So, and you really are taking a lot of pressure off of your child. If you make sure that they know it's your call, you're going to hear their opinion and hear what they're worried about, what they would be excited about. You're going to hear their feelings about it, but they are not making the decision. And it's okay if your kid is um, wants to go back and is going back and your neighbor's kid is not. Mm -hmm. and like You have to make the decision for your own kid. Mm -hmm. Well, and for your own family, right? right? Like every family has their own family rules. Like, hey, when we ride bikes, we wear helmets. That's one of ours, that's by what, the way. <laughs> that's what our that's family... It's actually not one of ours, unfortunately. It's terrible. It's oh. a mistake, guys. It's a mistake. Don't worry. <laughs> okay, but see, two families, <laughs> two different rules, right? And it's like, hey, you know, even if you have different rules, it's like, it's what our family is doing. It's what's best for us. And, you know, you can still... If you're seeing a friend in a pod, like you're going to have to negotiate that with their family mm -hmm. if your kid's going back to school and theirs isn't. Mm -hmm. By the way, it's just gotten away from us and it started on scooters and they're slow. <laughs> but now when they get faster, they have to wear helmets. Don't worry. Um, so that is so that's why it's the adult's decision. Absolutely. Hands down has to be. And then I think step three is really creating their motivation for wanting to go back to school. Because it's going to be hard, as excited as they might be and as excited as the parents ultimately are, it is going to be hard for them to go. So so how do you all create motivation in kids? So you're doing a presentation to your three boys on why you want to clean the kitchen when they're gone? Is that your... I want to listen to podcasts loudly <laughs> instead of sticking it in my bra or like holding it right to my ear so I can do the dishes while I hear the podcast. I want to hear Michael Barbaro like blaring through the speakers. Oh my gosh. No, I think you're right. Like I, I think identify, you know, kind of finding the motivation, talking about that. What are the good parts of this? Like really talking about why, even as a, for the older kids, like why as a nation, are we trying to get back to normal in this way? What's, what's important about this? I mean, I think if I dropped into like, it's beautiful actually. Yeah. What, what I just said. Yeah. Like oh, why as a nation? Yeah. yeah. But why as a nation is it important? Like there's a movement that we're working towards and, and national health. Mm -hmm. We're part of a whole. Yes. Right. And I think having that takes some of the pressure off your family. And then I think also when you talk to your kid about the motivation to go back, you know, it's their, it's kind of their part, right? Like it's their part of that pe that bigger piece. And that can be part, then it doesn't feel so pressured on you. But oh, Sarah, I'm like really loving that. Oh, good. I thought the look on your face was like, what the no. hell are you talking about? I mean, it's almost like all those people who got the vaccine and cried, you know, like the first yeah. time you got your vaccine, mm -hmm. like so many people sit in their car and cried. Like that's what our kids are doing by going back mm -hmm. to school. They're being brave. Wow. Okay. It's like, it is, it's like their service. Like they're in the military on some level. It's a little scary. <laughs> Let's Maybe. tell all our kids that they're in the military going back to school. <laughs> but it's their national service is what we're saying mm -hmm. on some level. But it's also like their responsibility. It's their job. It's their task. Like it's what kids do. Absolutely. Kids go to school. And I think, you know, like something that I've heard from so many kids on Zoom school is that like all the fun parts are gone. You don't get to go to the cafeteria and you don't get to have recess and you don't get to see your friends. And it's like, hey, 
I mean, I don't know for sure, but I assume that recess is going to be a thing when you go back to school. And I assume that you're going to get to see friends or make new friends or like get to see your teacher and get to talk to people, right? All the kids that say like, mm-hmm. you don't have conversations on Zoom. So like remind, I think you really have to break it down and remind kids like, what are the pieces of going back to school that are going to be fun or exciting or just positive or like developmentally appropriate? And I think for the parents that are a little bit anxious about this too, that are worried about like rules, will my kids be able to follow rules in school, the new you know safety rules or whatever? Like we have to remember that we have instilled those in our kids now. I mean, when you go to a if you have to go out for something, kids all have masks on. My daughter competes in a sport and wears a mask the entire time she plays. I mean, kids have have made fantastic adjustments to this. They'll make the adjustment in school. I, I don't think... I think they will too. Yeah. I and just humans have a lot are of good at adapting. That. It's mm-hmm, like we have mm-hmm. adapted to all of this over mm-hmm. the last year. Had you told me March 13th or whatever it was, y'all, I went out to dinner right as New York City closed with a couple friends. And I remember sitting at a dinner table saying, can you imagine if we don't do this for three weeks? Oh my God. Like we thought the world was closing, <laughs> yeah. right? But like, so we all adapted, right? We like did. three weeks was as much as I could conceptualize in my head at the time. And we've all adapted into this, which means we can adapt back out. Yeah, we're almost 12 months in. Yep. And I actually think too, that it's at a perfect time because I feel, and I'm, I, I believe based on the mental health and the people that I'm talking to is I feel like it's time. Like in yes. September, I did not feel like it was time. The idea of the stress of what the kids would experience when they went to school, like the masks, I was like, oh, it's not worth it. It is worth it Uh based on, and my kids are doing pretty well. Well, the three of us see adolescents and children, and we see kids that are in private and public school currently. And I have to say across the board, I think the three of us agree, the kids that are back face-to-face in school, they're, they're socially feeling much stronger and doing a little bit better, right? I would say doing a lot better, unfortunately. Don't you think? I think it's significant. I mean, the kids that are not in school that are doing well are are kids that have had to really propel themselves into Mm -hmm. a place where they either have a pod group, you know, they've had to really do continue to work on their social development. And y'all, not to say, I mean, and the other piece of this is maternal mental health. I mean, women, the toll this is taking on women and moms is insane. And teachers. And teachers. Well, teachers are parents. I mean, gosh, the bless their hearts. They're they're like the the teachers that are parents right now, they're just double timing everything. Absolutely. And the amount of work that all the research is showing that the parents are doing and the mental health of, of moms in general, New York Times has been putting out some great pieces on that mm-hmm. recently, is staggering what we are doing and how many women have been pushed out of the workforce. And some dads too. Well, Absolutely. I, Sarah's always good at calling me out on that. <laughs> it's so good. Well, I think I'm in the same so... sex relationship, but like dads and moms, like, come on. It is so right. hard to like grind and grind and grind and just like make it and just feel like okay our family is like getting by we're like surviving zoom school 
Like there's so much effort put in. Yeah. So little return. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. Like it's such a mismatch that I'm like, it's just not sustainable. Guys, the noises that occur in my house. My middle son is so loud when he learns. He literally just puts it on mute and sings and talks back to the teacher for three hours straight. Oh. Like it's very sweet. I don't know how the teachers are going to do it when he goes back to school, but I don't get a moment of quiet in my house because he's so loud. I have to hide in a closet. First day of zoom school i bought noise canceling headphones because i had a um partner screaming into her (laughs) and then i had a daughter who i don't know what is like wears headphones to ignore me all the time but for some reason doesn't want to wear them during school so i hear every (laughs) class like i did really well in ap history last semester and i'm really enjoying chem what did you learn Oh, so much. <laughs> but I mean, it's you're right. Like the noise level. In your yes, house, it's, it's a lot. A weird when it's not there. So, and I'll be honest, like my own anxiety gets ramped up because I'm realizing like if kids are going back to the school, to school, I can go back to the office. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Like, it's a big change. I think even if you don't have kids, just in terms of like what my own day to day looks like. Absolutely. I mean, you treat children. And so just being able to be back in a place in a workplace with them. And I will admit my anxiety around the scheduling nightmare that's about to happen. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah. it is is so high. Yeah, there's going to be a lot of logistics to work out. But I think that it it is worth it for the mental health of most people, oh, totally. most kids and most parents. And I think that using the social aspect as motivation, um, using kind of just being a part of a national movement as motivation mm-hmm. and the importance of that as hitting your developmental tasks, like the jobs of being a five-year-old, an eight-year-old, a 13-year-old. Yeah. And I also think hearing concerns. So talking to your kids, what are your concerns? And that's what I'm going to add in a step four is kind of saying, ask your kid what their concerns are, right? What are they worried about? Well, don't assume on concerns because concerns a lot of times, I mean, and I'm a fabulous assumer, let me just say, I'm like (laughs) really good at this. And I usually assume wrong. So, so don't assume, you know, what your kids' concerns are because you may be projecting your own concern in there. Yes. Like really listen, the kids concern, kids concern could be something completely different. And, and so, you know, hear them and validate that. Validating their concerns is going to be so, so important. And again, if you are not sending your kid back, that's really okay too. Your kid also may need some of these little like steps in there too, just to not be joining everybody else back in school, right? So, so they still need motivation for their Zoom class mm-hmm. when they're not actually in the classroom because that's going to shift a little bit mm-hmm. for even the kids who are still virtual. Mm-hmm. I also think that, I think that was really important, Sarah, because I also think by assuming, like, if you have a worry as a parent and your kid doesn't have it, you don't have to, like, create it for them, mm-hmm. right? Wait, so have you, you been talking to my daughter downstairs? Because she would, <laughs> she can now separate the two, and it's really annoying. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I think it's important, right? Like, hey, you might have completely different worries than your kids, and you might have to keep... I know we just talked about parents talking about their feelings, but you might have to keep your own specific worries to yourself in third, if it's going to stress your kid out more. Absolutely. In third grade, literally, this is the conversation we had in the car. Hey, honey, I think if you'd write down your assignments in your assignment book, you might be a lot less anxious. And the response was, actually, mommy, I think if I write down my assignments in my assignment book, you would be less anxious. <laughs> she learned true. young. I know. It's not good. 
But I, again, that's a really super point because we do, we, we can, without meaning to, you know, we could just project or they just absorb it too. be aware of that. I mean, I'm even anticipating, I was, what are my kids concerns going to be? And they might, and I think they're going to be nothing like what I would expect them to be. Like, I bet they're going to be worried about the dog. leaving the dog at home and I would not have thought about that until this second so I think kids are worried about like what do I have to do if I go to the bathroom what am I what what's Rosie the dog gonna do while I'm gone do you think there's gonna be a lot of separation anxiety yeah yes um, more than usual I bet and I think we'll talk about that in the next podcast Mm. yeah (laughs) stay tuned I've got ideas I also think that like there is gonna be this normal like we're talking about there's a normal spike in anxiety that is temporary Yes. yes right. Is- like this is all. It's like growing pains. It's the discomfort of doing something differently. But if you can like get through it, then you're fine. Right. Like it's not going to feel this hard the whole time. Caroline, that's such a great point because I think if we rescue our kids out of this kind of discomfort, then we start a pattern that's really unhealthy yes. for their future. So it's okay to let your kid struggle with this, sit with this, feel anxious normalize the anxiety. Say, you know what? If you didn't feel a little anxious, I'd be a little worried about you. It's really okay to be anxious. If it gets to the point where it's taking over, clearly you want to call one of us, but basically, or whoever your therapists are in your area, (laughs) not just us, but I'm just saying like, it's really okay for your kid to struggle a little with this. And 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 that might be hard to see after watching your kids struggle this whole time to see a new struggle. But it's a healthy struggle. And in many occasions, it's like the healthy tension or rub of like doing something really new after you haven't done it for a long time. Good point. That's a really good point. And I think our kids are going to be badasses after this. Like, I really think our kids are going to be so resilient after this. I hate to say, I hate to admit this. I used to say, because we I have one child, she gets a lot of attention, probably a little spoiled, but not in a bad way, I hope. And I, we used to joke when she was little, like, should we be ripping toys out of her mm-hmm. hands just to give her a little bit of conflict to deal with? And I used to worry that she didn't have anything in her life that really bumped her out of- Like forced her, her to work. Yes. Mm-hmm. Not anymore, by the way. Not mm-hmm. worried about that anymore. We have an entire generation that has fantastic coping mechanisms mm-hmm. now. They're going to they're gonna develop them. So what about the next step? What would you say would come next? So I think we need to help our kids practice going to school. Ooh, that's a good idea. And and like it. we do this for kids that are anxious in the fall, like anxious in August. A lot of them, we would say, go tour the school before school starts. Have a meeting with your teacher. Go look around your classroom. And for a lot of kids, I think that they're going to have to, A, practice being closer to school, and go, but also practice leaving the house and practice being around other people. And the good news is, that you have a little bit of time before school starts, right? Absolutely. So you have time to start small and work your way up, right? If your kid is super anxious, then you start just getting in the car, right? Like we're just going to get in the car and drive around the block and go home, right? And then we're going to get in the car and we're going to drive to school. And then we're going to get in the car and drive to school and park at school or, you know, and then we're going to get right. Like you can make it stepwise because you have like 10 to 14 to however many days right now to do those things. Mm -hmm. And that probably feels like so much on top of all of the parenting that's already happening. But I think you can make it kind of fun too. I think there's a way to make that 
practice fun in that you could practice making lunches in the morning and have your kids help or, you know, oh, yeah. help plan lunches even. Like think of the things they want oh, to get and order love their food. grocery list requests. <laughs> I love that you love that. That gives me panic attacks. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Amanda. My family. Yeah, I can't even go into that. But I think, yeah, I think you know, practicing is important. It's it for, for the people that like clinical terms, when we're talking, it's desensitizing kids basically to something that might be making them nervous or anxious, but they haven't for a lot of our kids. I mean, we live really close to the school that my daughter attends. And I mean, we have no reason to go up there. So drive, you know, driving up there, driving the bus route can be really helpful. Um, if you know what the bus route might be getting ready to go to where the bus stop is just walking to the bus stop, just these little practice things, starting to get up at the right time yep. and put clothes on versus pajamas. Yep. I have a kid who is, is pretty anxious about this. And we made a list of 15 activities and we ordered them. One is the easiest. 15 is the hardest. And she's doing one each day. Oh, so she's going into a gas station to buy a candy bar one day. She hasn't been anywhere in a while. So she's going to walk in to a gas station and and yeah. do that. You haven't had to talk to a stranger or no. someone outside your family in so long. No, use a public restroom somewhere. Go into a space where there's 10 other people. So there are all sorts of different different tasks that we do need to be practicing if your kid has not done that yet. And you might have to kind of walk your kid through what a school day looks like to see what those tasks are, right? Like well, you just skip to the next one, Caroline. Oh, sorry. It's She's, great. Yeah, <laughs> it's great. It's, I mean, Caroline's the best segue creator. I guess so. It's actually number six, but that's fine. So it's visualizing though, but it, you want to visualize. And, and the reason we visualize is because what makes us, we, we're anxious when we don't know what's going to happen, mm -hmm. right? And so if you visualize it with your kid, they're going to know what's going to happen. It's automatically going to reduce their anxiety. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Sure. That was all planned. <laughs> <laughs> nice work. It was good. Oh, and I did also think this. So when we're talking about practicing, I like to think about um, this desensitization or kind of managing anxiety as a muscle. And so if mm. you start with something easy, it's like you're getting it's like lifting like a five pound weight. And then the next day you do something harder, you've you've already lifted the five pound weight, you're going to go to the 10 pound weight. And so you're kind of increasing the strength of the muscle around managing the anxiety about being in public. And so your kid is going to get stronger and stronger and stronger with it but we have to practice and we have to lift weights if we want those muscles to get stronger i think it, oh, go, ahead. go ahead it's so great for kids to feel empowered and brave and courageous and prepared for a scary situation absolutely that's yeah, a gift actually that's a good point i think if you can figure out if, if certain school systems, I think, are doing this differently, some are doing alphabetical. Most places are just doing hybrid, depending on the size of the county or city or, you know, the school. But even if you could figure out another kid that will be going to school the same day as your kid, mm -hmm. um, just to, again, connection, just some familiarity, um, remind them who the teachers are, go back, look at yearbooks so they can remember what their teachers look like, you know, those kinds of little things. And fun. I would actually have that kid go into your house or ha or have your kid go into the other person's house. Now, that feels really anxiety producing to have some other kid in your house because we haven't done that. Mm -hmm. Maybe you've had like one family in your house for the last year. But if we're sending our kids to school, they're essentially going into a house with someone. So we have to have them 
feel we have to model for them it's okay to have someone in your house and that's really scary that's actually the scariest thing i think of all of the things that we're talking about mm-hmm. yeah but it's i mean am i wrong to say people need to be able to go into each other's homes with a mask on at least a few times before we go to school no i think that's i think and i think it gives you the chance to give feedback right like if a kid is like i'm not going to touch that right i'm not going to touch it because i'm going to get covid right then that gives you the yes. opportunity to say oh, okay, you're worried about touching that. You're, you know, it's it's not really how COVID works, right? You're wearing your mask, Uh you can wash your hands, right? Like providing reassurance so that your kid doesn't have that freak out for the first time at school when they touch something and don't know how to cope with it. Absolutely. Yeah, really good point. Yep. Um, The other thing we were going to do is create routines, right? So create routines for what, Part of the practicing is knowing what you need to get out of the house, right? You know you're going to need masks. Some people are going to want to carry hand sanitizer. Some kids are going to, who are scared about going to the bathroom, are going to want to go to the bathroom before they walk through, before they leave the house. Mm -hmm. There are all sorts of routines around leaving the house that are going to help kids feel safe. Maybe they put like a little bunny in their backpack. I don't know. Maybe they pack their backpack the night before. Absolutely. But those routines are the touchstones that help kids feel grounded, feel connected to their family, connected to us, and help them feel secure as they go into this kind of scary situation. And maybe they're not scared, but on some level, they're probably a little bit scared. So let's give them something to hold on to and a routine and how you're going to do it. It's been a year since they've had a routine in that way. Right. So routine for leaving and the routine for coming back. Yeah, oh. something after school. Because you, your yeah. kids actually have to come home. I don't know. Did you? I'm like, my routine is going to be to give them <laughs> 20 minutes away from me. So that I'm, I'm just kidding. I love my kids. I can't wait to see them when they come home. I'll miss them when they're gone. No, it, but I think even that routine will be helpful because, um, you know, bringing their backpacks in the house. Where do you want them in the house? Do you want their shoes on or off the house? Ha- you know, now, like some of our house routines might change with them back in school. Yep. So like start practicing those now get ready for that yep and i don't know what the number is but and amanda you might have been the person who taught me this i can't remember but like the idea that like as you increase expectations you have to increase nurturing as well and so like expectations are changing a lot right now and we're like you didn't even have a backpack so i had no you haven't been using a backpack i have no expectation around where it is so trying to remember like if i'm creating all of these new routines and ex and expectations that I also need to create like the warmth and the safety and the nurturing side of that too. And for me to access that, Caroline, I am, I am actually super in touch with that because there's part of me that's also sad. My kids are going back to school. I'm pretty sad about it. And I'm taking, I am taking some days off to go do kind of what we did at the beginning of the pandemic, like the little adventures that we would go on. So we're going to do some adventure days. Yeah, because I am sad. I'm going to read with Wes every day because this is the last time I'm going to get this. And so I think as parents also thinking about what, if you have any energy or you want to hold on to anything, be thoughtful and intentional about what that's going to be. And you might just be too done as well. And And that's that's fine. Perfectly. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. This is, it's a big jump for our kids. It's a big jump for all of us as families as well. And I think just to be patient and kind with yourself. And again, I think one of the keys is to try to get the right sleep for everybody 
try to get eight hours yourself, trying to make sure your kids are getting enough sleep. Cause that's what also helps with just feeling a little bit more anxious or having a little more drain on us. Yep. So this is hard. This is exciting. This is important. This is anxiety producing. We said it at the beginning, Caroline reminded us all that change is hard. And here we are. Even positive change. Even positive change. And if, yes, yes. So um, we'll ship you your bag. No, I'm just kidding. You don't need to ship you your bag. But I think if you will um, consider the steps we've laid out, we think they will be helpful and useful. And um, I think we're going to, our next episode is actually going to be on um, how things go when your kids do actually go back. Yep. So thanks so much for joining us for today's session. Talk to you soon. Bye. Thank you so much for joining us during our session. We hope that this session on preparing kids to go back to school during COVID was helpful. Remember, here are the six takeaways. Create your own comfort zone. Adults make the choice, not kids. Create motivation about going back to school. Practice. Visualize. And create routine. So the kid knows the routine, start to practice that little routine. Thank you guys so much again, and good luck with this. You guys got this.